name Daniel Boone would be familiar to some of you, right? Daniel Boone was a pioneer, a frontiersman, American folk hero, distant relative of some of the finest people I've ever known, the namesake of a young man that I think we've seen around here once or twice. And Daniel Boone is one of those, uh, I grew up hearing stories. I grew up watching the movies, you know, and seeing the shows. And Daniel Boone was once asked, if all, in all of his exploration of the American frontier, in all your exploration of the American frontier, did you ever get lost? And he thought about that for a moment, and he said, I can't say I was ever lost, but I was once bewildered for about three days. <laughs> I, I've, I think I've been bewildered before. I've done my share of hiking, and when I do my, when I go out hiking, I do well if I stay on the trails. If I stay on a well-marked trail, I am fine, but every now and then the lure to explore takes you off trail. You see something kind of interesting, and you kind of go wandering, and once in a while I have found myself bewildered, not for three days, but maybe for a couple of hours, or maybe for the better part of an afternoon, I've kind of gotten lost a little bit. One thing I try to do when I do go hiking, I don't get to hike as much as I used to, but when I'm hiking every now and then I like to pause, and I like to just kind of look around and kind of assess the landscape. Take a look at what's around you. There's a rock formation maybe over here on this side, or maybe there's a fallen log over here, or there's a little bit of a stream running down the side of the trail. It's important to stop and notice your surroundings. And once in a while when you're hiking, you need to stop and turn around and look back to see what it's going to look like when you're coming back out. If you have to take that same trail back out, you want to make sure you've got an idea of what the view is going to be like. Sometimes if you're going to make progress, you have to remember where you've been. So we've been progressing through Paul's letter to the Philippians over the last couple of months. We've heard Paul's continue, continual call in this letter towards Jesus. He's calling us more and more into the life of Jesus, more and more into the image of Jesus, to love like Jesus and to care for each other like Jesus but we've also heard his warnings. There are evildoers, much like the psalm said this morning also. There are evildoers around us. Last week, Paul called them dogs. He's not talking about your fluffy little friends. He's talking about mongrels and those that would, uh, would nip at you. Those that would, maybe he's talking about your fluffy little friends as far as that goes, but he's talking about scavenger dogs, but he's talking about those that would distract us and get us lo lost along the way, get us bewildered. And so as we pick up today in Philippians 3, beginning in verse 12, it's on page 981 in those Bibles in front of you, we notice that Paul begins in verse 12 and he says, not that I have already obtained this. And right there, we've got to stop and say, wait, not that I've already obtained this, not that I've already obtained what? What are you talking about, Paul? Well, we need to go back and look at the passage we looked at last week. And last week in verse 10, Paul said, I, that I may know him, that this was, this was Paul's goal, that I may know him, that I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in death. Paul wanted to know, to know Jesus. He wanted to know his resurrection. He wanted to know his presence more than anything else. This is Paul's call, but he says, not that I've already attained, obtained this. I've not reached that yet. 
And we can say the same for ourselves. In fact, we could go all the way back to chapter 2, verse 15, where Paul calls the Philippians, and he calls us in turn, that we might be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's the call, that we might shine as lights in the world, that we might be blameless and innocent without blemish. And we would say, have we reached that yet? No, not that we've obtained this, we would admit with Paul. We're not there yet. And so Paul writes, verses 12 through 14, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on. I move forward seeking more and more of the likeness of Jesus in me. But as he calls us to move forward with him, we also see that he calls us to look back so that we might not be bewildered. It's easy to get lost along the way. It's easy for us to get distracted. It is very easy for people to come along and pull our attention off of Christ just because what they're saying sounds good to us, because what they're saying sounds like something we might agree with and get us to follow something they want rather than follow Jesus. And there may have been a time or two when you've been bewildered and you've wondered, what do I do? How do I grow in my faith? How do I move forward? And Paul is saying sometimes you do look back at where you've been and when you can't see your way forward, remember. When you can't see your way forward, remember what you've been through. I think every one of us could point to what we're not. We could talk about what we've not obtained yet. And we could say, well, I'm not that yet. And we could feel discouraged. I'm not as good of a Christian as I ought to be by now. And we could feel discouraged about that. I'm not as strong in my faith as I'd like to be. I don't pray nearly as much as I, feel, as I think I should pray. It's easy to see what we're not. And when we see how long the road ahead of us is, we can get discouraged. But Paul invites us to remember what we've been through. Look at verses 15 and especially 16. He says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. And then he says in verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Looking back is not a matter of going back. Unlike me trying to find my way back out of the woods on the trail or Daniel Boone getting lost for about three days, Paul saying we're not going backwards. We're not taking the trail of faith back out into the world. Rather, he's inviting us to look back on how far we have come to remember the way that our faith has grown, the way your faith has deepened, the way because of circumstances in your life and things that God has led you through, the way your faith has changed. And remember those who have helped us find our faith, who have helped us find our way to get to this point. Only let us hold true to what we have attained, he said. I wish we could all understand that. Only hold true to what you have attained now. There's a lot of faith that's ahead of us. There's a lot of things that are ahead of us that we haven't understood yet. 
There's a lot of places we haven't been with the Lord yet, and that's okay. Today, you are only responsible for what you know today. You are only responsible for where you have been led today. You cannot judge yourself by what you are not yet, by where you have not yet been, where God has not taken you. A big part of that is acknowledging where God has led you up until this point. Two weeks ago, I had a chance to speak to a group of preachers and others up in the Chicago area at a little conference we put together called Iron Sharpens Iron, and they invited me to speak about perseverance. I think they thought that a guy who's been at a church for 19 years now probably knows a thing or two about perseverance. I don't know. But they asked me to speak about perseverance, and one of the words of advice that I gave to the people who were there was, you need a journal. You need a notebook. And I called it your journey journal. Your journey journal is there to tell you where you have been. And so write down in your journey journal where you've been in the past. What has led you to this point? You write down those encounters with people who kind of steered you in a new direction. You write down those little answers to prayer that came along at just the right time uh, that, that showed you that God was pointing you towards something. You write down all those little incidences, incidences that came together to steer you into becoming the person you are today. Because you know, when, when stress hits and when the challenges of life come and when you panic, you are not going to be able to remember those things. When that moment of panic hits, you're not going to remember where God has taken you. You're not going to remember those answers to prayer. And I said, you need to write them down so you remember where God has led you, how God has led you to here. And so you know that he can lead you on to the next place. Only let us live up only let us hold true to what we have attained. Well, I have a feeling that that's going to be so important for us in the next few years. I have a feeling that's going to be so important for Christians, for churches in the next few years to remember what God has led us through. Uh, over the past two years, we've had so many challenges. I mean, we've, we've come through a very divided period in our country. There is so much political tension and then COVID-19 hits and suddenly we're all scared or we're angry or we're discouraged or we're in a panic and we're, it's, it's all just throwing us into this, this horrible mess. But I'm convinced, I, I remain convinced that God would not have brought you and me here today. He would not have brought us through all of this if he didn't know that we could shine that light that he told us where to shine as you shine like lights in the world. God would not have brought us here if he wasn't convinced that we could shine the light of Jesus in this mess. <clears throat> and I trust the day is going to come when we look back <clears throat> and we remember 2020, 2021. And when you look back, what do you want to see? I want to see that we were faithful. I want to see that we held true to what we had attained. That we held true to who Jesus had shown us that He was. That He was seen in our lives. Remember what you've been through. And when you can't see your way forward, remember, remember those who have shown us the way. I've taken you back again and again as we've made our way through Philippians. I've taken you back again and again to chapter 1, verse 7. Paul says that he holds the Philippians in his heart. And I want you to remember those that you hold in your hearts. There are people that you hold in your heart. Community is so important to us. There are people around us that we love and we support, and they love and support us. They care about us. And as we think about those who have gone before, those who have gone ahead of us, well, we realize we've had a huge blessing. There have been people in our community 
who by their character, by their faith, they, they showed us what the Christian life is all about. I want you to think about how difficult that must have been for the Philippians, for anyone in the early church. You think about the Philippian church, a church that Paul planted, they had seen no Christians at all before Paul showed up. So they had no examples to look at and say, well, we could live like this person. We could live like that person. Uh, and, and so they must have had questions. How do Christians live? What do they do? What do Christians look like? Do they talk different? Do they use different words than other people? The Christians, uh, what do Christians dress like? How do they talk? And on top of that, they had no Bible. And so how did they know what to do? Keep that in mind as you hear what Paul tells them next in verse 17. He says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have seen in us. Join in imitating me. That statement scares me when I read it coming from the Apostle Paul. Join in imitating me. What does a Christian look like? Well, just look at me. Just do what I do and you'll know what a Christian is. Would I ever say that? No. Would you ever say that? No. We know better. But what choice did Paul have? What could Paul tell him? Just go read your Bible. Well, Paul, get busy writing the Bible and we'll read it. You know, we can't read it until you're done writing it. No, he couldn't tell him that. He doesn't have a choice. And so he points to himself. And it's not just imitate me, but he says, keep your eyes on others as well. Keep your eyes on those who have walked like Jesus, who have loved like Jesus. Well, we could spend the morning talking about those in our lives who have done that, talking about the people who have gone on before, people like that in our community, in our church, in the churches in our community. Growing up, we saw women like, like Leella Cook, right? We saw women like Leella, who a great example of what a godly woman's like. We saw women like Mildred Ellison, our first grade teacher, my first grade teacher. We, we, saw, we saw women like Peggy Decker, we saw couples like Dean and Ivis Feast who showed us what the life of Christ was like. We, we saw men like Bruce Webb and Jim Webb, men like Ed Nichols who showed us what Christian character is like. Paul says, keep your eyes on them because they are worth imitating. Now there is another side to that. The other side is there also. You notice verses 18 and 19. He says, for many, for many of whom I have to often told you and now tell you even with tears... Many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is their shame. And their mind is set on earthly things. We could point to that too. We're not, going, we're not going to. We're not going to name any names there. But we could point to those who've had their minds on earthly things. But Paul is saying there is a true benefit in imitating those who have lived for Jesus. Over in the book of Acts, chapter 26, Paul is on trial for his life before King Agrippa. And as he stands before King Agrippa, Paul tells his story. He witnesses to him and tells his story of faith. He tells about how he had met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he shares the gospel of Jesus Christ with, with, the, with the king. How Jesus, how he encountered Jesus, how Jesus changed his life. He shares the gospel. And Agrippa, when Paul is done, Agrippa says to him, Paul... Do you think that in such a short time you can convince me to become a Christian? I think Paul had to carefully measure his words, standing there in chains, knowing that at one word from the king, Paul's life could be over. And Paul says, I wish that everyone could be what I am. 
I wish that everyone could be what I am except for these chains. You've watched others. You've seen uh, those who have lived for Christ well. What is it they have shown you? And the other side of that is there are others who are watching us. There are people who are watching you. What are they seeing of Christ in us? Remember those who have shown us the way. And when you can't see your way forward, remember. Remember who you are. The world can distract us. The world can discourage us. We can find ourselves getting bewildered, getting lost. So I don't know if I'd mention it or not, but I'm a grandpa now. Uh, I may have, may have mentioned it once or twice. Our daughter Megan, our oldest daughter Megan, she had a baby, a little Ruby. I've got pictures. I'm sure I can show them to you later. Anyway, when Megan was little, there was this movie that came out called The Lion King. Do you have The Lion King over in Kenya? You got the real Lion King over there, right? <laughs> so you, anyone seen The Lion King? Let me ask you this. Has anyone been forced to watch it three or four times a day for years? I have. I had it pretty much memorized for a while. The Lion King is a wonderful story. It's the story of Simba, the little lion cub. Simba runs away from home. He is destined to be the king of the jungle. He's going to, he's going to become king. He can't wait to be king. You remember that song? Anyway, but he runs away after a horrible thing has happened. And he goes off to live with a warthog and a meerkat. You got meerkats over there? Yeah, they're all over the place. They taste like chicken. Anyway, uh, I just always wondered. Anyway, Simba goes off to live with a warthog and a meerkat when he should be the king of the jungle. And instead, he is rolling in mud and he is eating bugs and grubs and worms. They are slimy but satisfying, if you remember. One night... At a pivotal point in his life, his father, Mufasa, appears to him in this dream scene and comes in the clouds and Mufasa speaks to his young son, Simba, and he wants to know why he is living like this. Why are you living with a, like, a, like a meerkat, like a warthog? Why are you living like this when you are to be the king of the jungle, when you are to be with other lions, when you're to be leading them? And Mufasa's words of advice end by him saying to his son Simba, remember who you are. James Earl Jones does the voice. It sounds great. Remember who you are. Those words are echoing what Paul says here to the Philippians, what the Spirit says to us as we read the words from this letter. Verses 20 and 21 Paul says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Our citizenship is in heaven. You notice it doesn't say will be in heaven. It's present tense. Our citizenship is in heaven. Do we live there now? No. But remember who you are. You are a citizen of heaven. Because there are those who want you bewildered. There are those that want you lost. They're probably not willing to admit that. And there are those that live as enemies of the cross who would love to pull you off the trail, who would love to get you lost and bewildered. You remember who you are. You remember whose you are. And in those moments when you can't 
see your way forward, remember. Now, this is one of those places in the Bible where the chapter divisions are a little off and happens every now and then. Verse, verse 1 of chapter 4 actually concludes the thought of chapter 3. So we have to go on to chapter 4, verse 1. You hear it clearly. It says in verse 1 begins with the word, therefore. Therefore, so because of what I have said, therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord. Therefore, stand firm thus in the Lord. Therefore, because of what you have been through, Therefore, because of those who have shown you the way and because of who you are in Christ, therefore, stand firm. And you'll notice it bookends really well with, with chapter 1, verse 27 that we've looked at several times. Paul says there in chapter 1, 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Stand firm. And you know, it's not a matter of you stand firm. It's not a matter of you stand firm and you better be standing firm and you stand firm. He says stand firm together, side by side. We stand firm together, one spirit, side by side, holding to your faith in Jesus. Stand firm. Stand firm. Press on towards the prize but don't forget verse 16. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. There are going to be times when life gets difficult. There's going to be times when our faith is tested. Times when, when difficult times come. And when that happens, stand firm. When the world hits you with a pandemic and everyone is running in different directions, you stand firm. When lifelong friendships are suddenly fractured over politics and uh, opinions and social media posts, you stand firm and you hold true. Hold true to what you've already seen. Hold true to who Jesus has proven himself to be. Hold true to his image in you. Stand firm together, side by side. That's why we come back to the table every week. Because every week there's, there are reasons for us to be divided. Every week there are different opinions. Every week there are different thoughts. Every week we get pulled in all different directions. And yet we find our way back to this table week after week. And we remember that we come because there is one Lord. There is one Savior. There is one baptism. There is one God and Father of all. And so there is one body. And we are not divided. We come in remembering that we're going to set aside the differences that have pulled us apart from time to time. And we are going to find that we have the greatest thing in common that we could, and that is Jesus. And so we take together, we celebrate together, we remember who He is, and we remember who you are, and who you are together. You are the body of Christ, and we share that together. We're going to, we're going to pray, we're going to sing, and then we'll take together. Let's pray. Father, you've... You have led us on a, each one of us on a path that has brought us to your son. Lord, our paths don't all look the same, but as we've come together, Lord, we acknowledge there have been times when we've been bewildered, we've been lost. Uh, we have sometimes just run off on our own path. And yet you continue to call us back. And we thank you that today we come 
and we remember together. We remember who you are. We remember what you have done for us. We remember, we remember the call to one body and to serving side by side, to holding firm, to standing firm together. And we thank you for your son. Thank you for your son who allowed himself to be broken, who allowed himself to, uh, to, to suffer that death on the cross so that we might know true peace and that we might know you. Bless this bread. It reminds us of his body broken. Bless the cup and bless this time as we share together and we draw near to you and near to one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.